Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If, if your soul isn't a physical thing that takes space inside your body, then it's not going to be able to row a boat. I feel like this this, this podcast going to get on so many people's tits. <laughs> what the f*** are they talking about? We've been locked down in our houses for months. This is this is the result, people. Come on. You are pure soul until you become an asshole. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is Bob Shoy with me as always is Tiss. Hello. <laughs> as soon as he led away from his mic. <laughs> <laughs> and beef all right and it's a discussion episode i know we had one quite recently but we enjoyed it so much and it was so popular and we also have a counterpoint to talk about today that we're having another one so to join us on this episode uh as we always have a guest on a discussion episode is rick dove who joins me on the weird tales we visited episode so you'll be recognize his voice hi rick hello thanks for having me on yeah, it's been a, a long time coming. I feel like we've wanted to get you on one of these discussion ones for quite a while because um, you've sort of been involved with different stuff to do with not just this, but other pods I work on. So I feel like I've made it to the big leagues with you titans yeah. of podcasting. I've been listening for all this time, <laughs> scrambling my way up the ladder, and now I've made it. <laughs> you must have been listening to a different pod. Sort of downhill from here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we like to try and match up guests with uh, topics that we think they'll have some good input to. Um, and so this is, we're talking about the soul, and we talked about the ego last series. So this is sort of the counterpoint to that. And um, normally when we talk about this sort of more spiritual episodes, we'll get someone on, you know, who is a spiritual person themselves. And then I always feel like a little bit like I'm shouting at everyone. Um, so this time I thought I'd have someone in my corner. Rick, you don't have any spiritual beliefs, right? I don't, no. So do you have any history of spirituality at all before we get cracking? <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have to ask you to leave. No, officer, I don't. Like a medical history. Have you got any spirituality in your history? Actually, yeah. Um, w- when I was younger, I was involved in the church from right. about the age of eight. I started going to, I, I don't know if you ever had it in your areas, but they have like these uh, summer camps where kids could go along. Not like where you stay, but you know, watch your parents are at work. It's a place you could go and play with some friends and mm-hmm. do all these activities. And there was occasional bit of God that was put in there and got talking to a few people there and sort of convinced to come to the Sunday school after a while. And and I had some nagging questions that have been dogging me since I was young after because I had a nan who died 
when I was quite young and obviously always missed her. I was always told, oh, you can just pray to her. Never really understood what it was. So I went along to the church for a little while until I was about 12 and I just kind of fell out with it. I started asking some of the deeper questions and I just didn't like it when it kept on saying, oh, well, the Lord moves in mysterious ways. Which was <laughs> just right, like, okay, you got those answers. Yeah, the great eternal shrug, you know. Sorry about that. <laughs> so I, I realised it wasn't really for me. Right, okay. Beef loves those answers, don't uh, you, Beef? No, I... I um, That's Beef's go-to. <laughs> oh, God, that's... No, it's... <laughs> It makes me cringe. It makes my skin crawl that that would be an acceptable answer for anyone. Um, yeah. It is such a cop-out, and it really bothers me. This is why I spent all this time studying, because it was to me, it's like, no, we need to get like a lot better at answering these questions, otherwise we're doing a disservice to who we who we are if, if we can't answer questions like that. And actually, there, there's been this fear that if you can't answer a question it's it's not good enough and actually i think it's if if you don't know an answer to something just say i don't know rather than saying Mm. the lord works in mysterious ways just say you don't know like clearly you don't know and you haven't even bothered to look at your bible or try and figure out why you think that is so and you can't be honest enough to admit that you don't know as well which makes me like not respect the person who's saying that to me Exactly. Yeah. Like I can imagine. I mean, I may maybe not Rick, but if if someone had said to you, and you'd asked the a super difficult question, if someone had just said, "Ah, oh, that's a great question," um, I don't know. Let's look at it together, or let's try and figure it out. Like I'm sure you'd have had maybe a bit more time for someone rather than just some crappy answer. Yeah, I very well may have. Yeah, because it felt like I was just being fobbed off. Like, oh, you know, oh, that's God for you. And I just, it, it just, it didn't gel with me. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, for listeners who aren't familiar with discussion episodes, uh, basically me, Beef and Tears go away and we think of some questions or talking points and we get through a few of them each throughout the course of the episode and we have a guest weighing in on their thoughts as well. So... Um, who wants to go first? Well, I feel like if Tiss has made notes, should Tiss go first? I should go first. I wanted Tiss to go first because he said he'd done loads of research. Exactly. Now, the interesting thing is, is like, after having listened to you guys for so long, I've, I think I've got a rough idea what each of you is going to say. So I'm going to be interested <laughs> by the end to see if uh, my predictions are correct. I don't know if I've... My, uh, I haven't really got any questions. I've just got some like ponderings. Hmm. <laughs> but we'll see. I, I don't want to go first because I think that's too obvious. Too obvious? <laughs> don't make the Christian talk about souls. <laughs> Come on, Tissy. Oh, Tiss, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Tissy's such a fidget. Uh, okay. So do you think the soul has a physical home in our bodies? If we're talking about the soul, right? Did we, we said we're still talking about the soul. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are following. You didn't do research on the wrong thing. Do we think it has a physical home? Did you say? Yeah. Do you think the soul has? Well, like that's what our appendix is. It's the soul house. Well, you know, they say your soul weighs twenty-one grams. Where would it be? Oh right, I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, is that I've... is that not just like so? Hang on a sec. The the soul weighs twenty-one grams, right? That's what they say. Is that like? 
when you weigh yourself, you weigh this much, and then when you die, if they weigh you, you weigh 21 grams less. Yeah, there was a notorious experiment uh, that some guy did on people who were dying, and he was saying, yeah, the, the, the body loses 21 grams, and it's pretty uniform, but then it Don't was you hardly you yourself when you die, though? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. He's cracked <laughs> it. If you were only shitting 21 grams, you've got a problem. Maybe that's why you died. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, I don't know how much stock I put into the soul having a weight. Maybe maybe they weighed the poo after and take that off the final amount, though. Right, okay. I mean, you're also asking... (laughs) that into consideration. You're also asking two people, I presume, who don't believe in souls. Mm. Um, It depends what we mean by soul, Mm. right? Because this is what we're going to get into. I can, I can take soul as almost to mean like your personality. I don't necessarily. I think you can believe in the idea of a soul without believing it's um, a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's like saying I don't believe in the ego. Well, no, I do believe in the ego because it's an idea and it's part of who we are. So I believe in the soul as another idea and as part of who we are. And as we said earlier, almost like the counterpoint to it. So if your ego is your brain, your soul is your heart. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's so. I guess we'll, I guess throughout the episode we'll get into the the difference mm. between the idea of the soul as a spiritual construct and then as a you know a construct of our personality and and stuff. But in terms of having a physical part of our body, no, that's like to me that's like saying, uh, do your thoughts weigh anything? I know you can have some heavy thoughts, but I don't think they actually have mass. Yeah, some people have very light thoughts. No substance. <laughs> so if, if I was to use the word soul for myself, I'd see it more like being my my more moral self, you know, my right. my sense of right and wrong. So if I call someone like a soulless bastard, you know, they're someone who are just devoid of empathy and love. And so for me, if I had to place it in a center, it'd probably be the heart, you know, not to be cheesy. Mm. That's really interesting that you've already used the word soulless because I was thinking about that word and the idea behind soulless last night so soulless if you says i'm soulless you kind of saying they're without soul um so in that case if you are soulless and you don't have a soul does that make us just are we our soul or are we just a vessel for our soul Mm. is one thought and another thought would be well the other thing that came to my mind actually sorry with with saying something is soulless in terms of the idea of the soul being the counterpoint to the ego, I thought, okay, so what's the difference between someone who has like a big ego, someone who's egomaniacal, and you'd say that they were selfless. So it's interesting that selfless is the positive side of the ego and soulless is the negative side of the soul. They're like the opposite counterpoints. So you've got selfless, soulless, soulful, egomaniacal. The opposites there oppose each other so that you want the good side of one and the, the other side of the other. They're like scales. Um, that's the route I was going down. That might be me being a language student and looking too much into that aspect of it. But I found that idea really interesting and like how we've already said they're the counterpoint to each other and how the, the, way, you, the way we use the words, even the positives and negatives about opposite to each other. Mm. I think... Um... I'm trying to come back to Tiss's original question. I think my... my... Yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's not, because you're still talking about the soul. Um, mm. I, it's probably I mean, better to ask the first question of, like, what does everyone define as the soul, I guess? Because that would kind of get us on the same page. 
See, that's one of them things that I don't think anyone of us, any one of us would have put as our question because yeah. it's like, I guess we'll talk about it and yeah. it seems too obvious to write down, but it also helps to clarify. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's... Uh, no, I don't think there's a physical place where your soul is, like, to the right of the kidneys. Um... <laughs> <laughs> do you know i was trying to think early this morning like where did like in, in my my journey in my faith where did this realization of like what a soul might be what was that anything to do with my like my journey into faith i suppose and i don't think i've really thought about it i just remember thinking quite clearly or it being quite um almost just like a like a fleeing memory fleeting memory just that i couldn't work out i was like well everyone's so different and we've all got such different personalities hmm. um and i, I thought well, that to me is what separated us from animals because animals seemed at the time of i don't know maybe i was like a young teenager animals seem to be relatively um similar it's not like you you know you take a dog or a, or a cat they're relatively similar aren't they it's not as if but with humans you can well go on um i could argue with that i think if people i don't know how much of this is us putting personalities on our own animals but i think if anyone's had like multiple pets they would say oh no they're completely different from each other they have completely different personalities yeah i guess what i mean is so if i was to look at my own cat um he's very playful He's quite independent. He's quite this. He's quite similar to other cats that are around. Um, but if he could talk, maybe it'd be a bit different, be able to define mm. those characteristics a bit more. But my point was that I think, to me, that's what defined, or that's what made humans a bit different, was that they seemed to be, their personality was what was tangible. So it was almost like their body right. is tangible, but who they are as a person is almost, I can almost like, touch that as well that's almost tangible to Mm -hmm. me too that i could actually you know i could envisage and i suppose um yeah it was maybe when my granddad died i started to question this a bit more and i thought well him like my mum was saying because she she was there when he died and she said that he she said it was when he died she said it was just he was just a body he was just this big Mm. like slab of meat um and she said it was weird that she it hadn't really kind of clicked for her before. And she said he was gone. Like he, whoever my granddad was, was gone. And she was like that to her. She she was trying to think up until then, like about cremation and all these other things. And she's like, well, now he's just this empty vessel. Um, mm. A lot of people say that as well. Like that the expression, they they're just gone. If they if they're around someone and they they die, they say, oh, they've gone. Mm. Um, and it's just like people just short shorthand people just know what that means but if you really analyze that this is me analyzing language again um you are kind of saying well their soul has gone mm. yeah. who they are has gone because they haven't gone they're still in front of you as a person and it's who they are who they were um and that idea of the soul that's where i can say like oh yeah don't just flippantly think i would say there's no such thing as a soul because to me that's what the soul is it's the um invisible like force it's the life force it's the um the force the force if star wars analogy is the force that is within us and you know then leaves and becomes some one with the universe um Hmm. luminous beings are we not this crude matter 
Is that what you believe? Well, do I? Um, yeah, I think so. And you are spiritual. Yeah, that's not religion, though, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Everything's a religion if you believe what it. What I'm saying is I don't believe in a creator god. Yeah, you believe that there is a spirit, though. Well, th- that's who we are. That's our personality. Like, So I'm not that clinical that I'm just like, we are firing, you know cells and membranes and things going ding 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 and it's making me think this and say this we are that but also we are more than that as a person our per it's hard isn't it because where's the there's the line between what's scientific and what is people wanting to be more than just meat and stuff well this is this is where you're you have to make a decision because I this don't. Is... Yeah, you can't make me. <laughs> you used to say there isn't a science to to that side of things, though. But I've said on on the show before that, like, purely saying, "Oh, science, everything is science," is almost like another faith in itself. Yeah, and um, I can't just a hundred percent say that everything that's ever been said by science is right because things are being proved wrong and corrected all the time. Yeah, so. To put blind faith in all science because it's science, I think, is false. No, but then I'd... to turn your back on logical science in yeah. favour of a faith is also incorrect to me. Can I just clarify something with you, Bob? Heathen's heathen. So yeah, you, go on. So you you said you know when we die we return to the universe. I assume you just mean more as in like the physical matter decays, it returns to the yeah. earth, and yeah. So you don't believe like there's something more beyond that, some sort of energy of our thought no i don't believe in an afterlife i don't believe in an afterlife i do believe there is there's that scientific rule about there's a set number of energy in the universe it Mm. can't be created it can't be destroyed and i think a lot part of that energy is our personality we're not outwardly putting ourselves and our emotions and we do feel things between each other Mm. there is a invisible force be spiritual or not that we do illuminate (laughs) i think that is energy in itself that just disperses in you know if you want to be clinical heat you know my personality becomes heat and goes back into the universe no part of my energy that makes up me just disappears my body rots away and my soul in quotes my personality just dissipates Mm. i don't believe that my my thoughts are continuing and i'm i'm somewhere else yeah but where would hang on so i'm confused I feel like you've contradicted yourself there because you've said that your your body would decay, which, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, But then, so have you separated energy from spirit? So your body would release the energy back into the universe. Yeah. And then whatever made your soul or your personality just disappears. Nothing made my soul. It's just energy. It's energy that existed in the universe before I was born. It's energy that will exist after and it will dissipate into heat and form whatever else. Like energy is always like transmuting into other things. It will become heat for something else or become energy for something else or you know. See, I can't I can't understand how to me that seems just as crazy as believing in a god. Because I don't understand the logic of where that goes. Like to me, that's just as that sounds but it like scientifically does. Like we know that energy, like when you light a candle, mm-hmm. we get heat from it at the expense of you know energy transfers. Okay. So if you heat something, it gives off warmth and power and whatever. And it's the same 
it's the, the what I'm saying is we are the same. We're like a candle mm, in okay. the wind, baby. Like <laughs> once we go out, I then it then just dissipates onto something else. Think of me like a battery. I worn out because my energy that was me powered something else, and now that battery has nothing left in it. Okay, so what is uh, this isn't necessarily directed just at you, Bob. But what <laughs> okay. is um, if you? Uh, <laughs> what is what is personality then? Like, what is that? Where does that come from? That is a mystery. Don't you think that's weird? Yeah, I do think it's really weird because it can't all be genetic. Because actually, when I look at there are some things when I look at my my parents. If you were to look at nature nurture, mm-hmm. which I. Uh, if I look at, and you guys, Bob and Tish, you've met my mum, and I think you would mm-hmm. probably agree there are certain things about us both which are quite similar. Mm. So I would say some of it is genetic, but yeah, I don't know. What do you. The nature nurture thing I find hard because it's, I think it's on them things that people always want a direct answer of do you think things are nature or do you think things are nurture? And I mm. really don't think there is one. It all, everyone is different it's it's an unsatisfying answer but everyone's different yeah you can meet people who have a ter- we've talked about it a little bit on the ego one who have a terrible upbringing but they're a good person and that didn't affect them in any way or it m- made them into a monster mm. Mm. or people that had a really good upbringing and they're just a horrible person they just uh are malicious to people for no reason and their parents can't understand why they turned out that way um it's both and nature and nurture the balance of that affects people in different ways mm. i know tis is going to say that all people are good all people are good that <laughs> 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 well they're not good by their actions but they're they start off with a clean slate for sure right i mean some of them i don't know there might be some hocus pocus going on where some demons come through <laughs> as well i don't know about that but the majority but what do of you people... think our personality comes from tis uh, it comes from, I don't know, I don't know what personal, where personality lies in the brain, what's controlling, is it the e- I guess it's the ego that's built built up over time. Or is it the soul? Well, th- I mean, it's both, right? It's got to be both because it's, it's a give and take game. Your entire life is a give and take game between spirit and ego uh, until ego dies and spirit's just like, next level <laughs> well I don't, I don't know what happens but i've been watching some crazy stuff about the soul yesterday <laughs> as usual I've got, I've got a crazy story about reincarnation that will blow your socks off really i'm still waiting for the weird tales episode on reincarnation yeah it's been maybe on the this, list for a long time <laughs> maybe maybe this story is better for that but yeah we'll, we'll see just but. just to check this it's not the story the egg by andy weir is it no, no, no. Ah, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, Bob, um, yeah, uh, would you say that soul is almost like a combination of uh, what energy and personality? If you were to say, if you were to say, for argument's sake, right now, that you would say you believe in a soul, right? Would it be this marriage of energy and personality? Uh, you know, I think. I think a soul is because also I'm thinking of the idea of being soulless again. I, obviously, I'm I'm working this out as I voice it, but yeah, um, yeah a so soul is almost like an empathetic personality. Mm. Because if you weren't had no empathy, then like we said before, you'd be described as soulless. Mm. So it's it's like an, uh, a personality with empathy 
creates that you know some people you talk to and it's almost like they have a warm mm. warmth to them and if you know them well and you talk to them and you hang around with them or spend time with them you feel like a warmth or a connection and that's energy as well i people say there's a spark between certain people like some people i could chat for hours with and and some people i just find it hard to communicate with and it's it's like that energy spark connection didn't click there and i think there's something scientific in that as well in terms of like um compatible energies between people um mm. but um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling because I'm trying to like work it out as I describe it. Yeah. And I don't really... I know exactly what you mean. What's that, Tiss? I know exactly what you mean. But I think... You I know think what I, actu- mean? I think it's actually... I think all the souls are like... So so what I was watching yesterday was about this reincarnation. And I can't remember what video it was. But there was something to do with the fall. Have you heard about the fall beef? Where Lucifer takes the spirits down to Earth. Have you heard this? Yeah. Yeah. As you mean... Oh, the the fool is in like Lucifer. So, so instead so of the theory not Adam and Eve that I saw that was really interesting, and it kind of ties in with what you're saying, Bob, mm. is that uh, so we we come from like a place of blissful, sort of high, a higher frequency of bliss, and then we had this revolt, and we left that sort of eternal bliss to come down and now we're trying to work our way back up the frequency band our, our soul right. is and we're carrying our karmic baggage through reincarnation over and over until we can get back up to that frequency and when you say the soul is empathy the soul would be it was it's pure bliss and empathy and love and compassion that's the the spirit being and then your karmic uh baggage is that stuff that gets in the way that filters that down and waters it down to a point where uh you know you're trying to you're trying to unleash it more and more through your life uh, lives mm. what do you think about that i love this i love these various like hypotheses we have going because none of us know it's one of them questions no one knows no i i don't even so, necessarily believe that i just thought it was no. fucking cool it's mm. the same as what I was saying, like, when I'm getting grilled on it <laughs> by you guys. <laughs> I don't necessarily believe what I'm saying either. I'm just like, that's why I said I'm trying to work out as I say it. I'm just putting thoughts out there. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. I mean, we don't need to have a definitive answer in an hour. <laughs> no, we won't. Um, as someone who I would say is almost like potentially less um, spiritual than me, yeah. even... Where where does your as the idea of a soul? Where does your sort of thoughts lie on that? Is it is is it a physical thing or is it not? Is it something spiritual? Or what? Well, it's a tricky one because, like Beef said earlier, like he used the word meat, and that's actually one of the notes that I wrote down. Like I, I believe that we are just all sentient meat when it comes down to it, and I think that thought scares the crap out of people, mm. and because we've got the ability for like deep self-reflection and profound thought. I think a lot of people think, you know, how could we not have a soul? How could there not be more than this? And, you know, that fear of death as well mixed in there. I I think people like to believe that when they do eventually shuffle from this mortal coil, there might be something more out there. You know, either they might have a set belief that they're definitely going somewhere or, you know, it might just be like they will be released onto the universe and get to experience unknown things. Who knows? Mm. I think a bit of it might boil down to as well that, there are some people out there who just like to believe in a soul because 
it's almost like judgment. If they've been a good person, surely the bad must be judged. And, you know, if they're getting away with all that stuff they're doing in this life, surely in the next life they will face retribution. Yeah. I like the idea of your um, notebook just having the word meat in big writing on it. It's like, oh, yeah, I made my notes. <laughs> it, was, it was the first note I wrote, sentient meat. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely believe that we, we come from nothing, we are born and live our lives, and that is the most important thing that will ever happen to us, and that is the beauty of living. It's just amazing that we are here to experience what we experience in this moment, in the time that we've got, and then, bam, it's gone. Mm. And that that is beautiful. So where does the personality come from? Personality, I think that's just uh, <laughs> each individual's reactions to the various situations they get put in, in in their life. You know, as you said, you know, you can get one kid who has a violent father who ends up happy go lucky. You get another one who will turn to violence and a life mm. of crime. Who knows? I think it's just how that individual person reacts to whatever stimulus is out there. So it is just a uh, mm. like a um, like atoms and connections and and genes inside our brain and for some people they fire in different ways than others for me yeah that's exactly what it's all about pure chemistry Mm -hmm. and probability it's just the whole load of probability everything being probable of happening we're just a giant equation yeah everything's (laughs) just a fraction you're probable of going in any direction but most probable of doing what you're doing sacred geometry again and I, I am so happy about that, though. Like, that's that's great. The fact that we're actually here and able to experience that is just so mind-blowing to me. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be anything more than this. And that's what makes life so just amazing to me. Everything I experience is like my moments. No one else gets these. Mm. I like that as well. I mean, when way back on like episode 10, when we first talked about life and death, I talked about, and I think, Beef, you found it kind of, like, kind of mind-blowing, that I said I actually kind of found comfort in the idea that maybe there isn't anything more and maybe there is we are just firing synapses and things like that because it's like rick was saying it is just this pure moment in time where i get to exist and then i don't have to worry about anything after i don't have to it's just i don't know it's just that pure moment and this is what i've got and i need to enjoy it and then it will be gone and if things go bad for me well it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things and if things go good i had a good go at it and it gives kind of carefreeness Mm. which Mm. i think for some people who lack morals could think well i'm only here once why don't i go kill people there's no ramifications for that and it could that i guess that thought on an amoral person could lead to why some people do terrible things but for me it's almost like a it can be a comfort to think of it that way Hmm. it's interesting that because i i I think that and i I don't i'm not saying that this is what you guys are assuming but i think that there probably is an assumption out there somewhere from people that um if people have a faith they came to that decision because they were thinking about death or they were thinking about the afterlife um Mm. and i I would say i i can't think of anyone off the top of my head that i know who's a christian anyway obviously i don't i don't know many other people i know a few muslims and a few hindus uh i know a couple of sikhs i don't but mostly christians obviously i I don't know um i can't think of any who who came to that conclusion um because they were thinking about death apart from james who was on our ego episode um oh, okay interesting can you i don't know he did mention it on the on the uh when we were talking that he was thinking about death as like a four or five year old 
and started talking to his parents mm. about it. And that's how he came to church. But I don't, there are not many other people that I know. I came because I became a Christian because of the positive experiences I'd had. Um, and to me, um, a few things happened over time, which I couldn't explain, which you guys, I've bored you all to tears about over the years. Um, that took me down this this path, and I th- and I got to the to the part where I thought, um, or I could either go the rest of my life without making any decision, or I could just make a decision because I don't know. Um, but I think it's interesting actually that you guys both mentioned that a part of your experience as people who don't have a faith is is because you you were thinking about the afterlife or what who we are as beings but i don't i couldn't honestly say that that was a part of my thought process like i don't really and actually that i think is quite a big misconception about christians at least is Mm. that people become a christian and if you're a good person you go to heaven and they just spend most of their lives just thinking okay i'm a christian now i'm gonna go to heaven when i die um (laughs) that's not how christians live their lives um uh yeah it's an interesting idea, actually. It is like a real assumption, I think, for a lot of people without faith to think, "Oh, well, they are ha- this person has this belief because of when they die," and it always goes to the death thing straight away. And I don't know why, because mm. I wouldn't think. I know you really well, Beef. I wouldn't think, oh, well, Beef chose to be a Christian because he was thinking about what he's going to do when he dies. <laughs> but then, it's, like it's retirement. Just the idea of that is mental to me. That well, it made us all laugh. That's how ridiculous it is. But then, like, we know you, mm. so it's it's interesting that if you meet, I think, for someone who is not religious to meet someone who's religious, it is that weird assumption that I think a lot of people jump to of just like, oh, well, they came to that conclusion because of they thought about what would happen when they die and yeah. it's such a weird idea and i don't know why that comes up so but it, quickly it, because it has happened and it does happen and and there are people i've spoken to who were scared of death and so right almost chose a faith be- because of that they're like well, okay well let's just let's just get this straight just in case <laughs> which one's got the best death <laughs> well yeah i think it might also come from a fear of um the other place that we talked about right couple, okay do you yeah. see what i mean where it's you know okay well if i just become a christian if i get that right then awesome winner winner i go to heaven i ain't gotta go to this place i've been threatened with whereas the alternative is worse so if i just make that decision i don't have to worry about death um but no i don't i, I don't i think most people i almost everyone i could think of in my church at least would say that they are christians because of what they then get to experience in this life. Um, right. And actually the example of, and this is, this is why I can't believe, um, you know, this comes up quite a lot about you're a good person, you go to heaven, you're a bad person, you go to hell. Um, you know, when you look in the gospels, Jesus is there on the cross. There's, there's this, this murderer on the cross next to Jesus. And he says to Jesus, um, first time, <laughs> Yeah, first time. <laughs> um, yeah, he he basically tells Jesus that he believes who he is, and Jesus says, "You will be with me this day in paradise." So basically, Jesus has said to him, "Right, you're in." Um, and that that basically that's that's what grace is. Um, you know, is that he's obviously been a total scumbag, 
you know, they've the Romans have crucified him for whatever reason. So he must have done some terrible things. So he's a terrible person. He should be going to hell. But grace comes in. So that I think that's probably where most people who who have a, a Christian faith, at least, would say that death is a, it's a strange starting point for a faith. Um, and I'm not saying you guys would ever project that on me because I don't think you ever have. But I think sometimes I'm aware that I'm talking to people and they do think that I became a Christian because I was either fearful of death or didn't know what happened when I died. Or um, yes. I don't think you have to... I don't think a fear of death is anything that's like inherent to Christianity. I think no. whatever faith you are, I think everyone, even if they say, well, I'm not scared of death, at some point in their life they were, or at some point in their life they will be, at some point in everyone's life they ponder death because yeah. it's the great unknown. It's the ultimate unanswerable. Mm. So, Beef, just to ask the question to you, what is your concept of the afterlife? I'd be quite interested to hear like a proper Christian perspective because all the ones I've heard is all just like fluffy clouds and everyone's happy and you get to be with everyone from your life who you loved and yeah. I'd like to know what, what your thoughts are. We sit on clouds and play harps and um, <laughs> meet Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which quite frankly, if that's what heaven is, that's not. I don't want to go. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to play the harp either. I don't know who all these people are that can play harps. Um, I think this is how little I've thought about it. My answer would be I don't I wouldn't be able to pinpoint precisely what I would say heaven looks like. Hmm. Um I, I think if I was to try and take it to its simplest place without it being crazy, I think heaven uh we've I think we've probably complicated it with all that imagery, but for me personally hmm. it's it's the world as it should be without without like the decay of sin. So if you remove the decay of sin, it's essentially Eden. Um so which that I mean that sounds really boring still. Um but I don't think it's I yeah, I don't think it's that you're gonna I don't know. I don't know. I think that's that comes from Greek mythology a lot of that, this this idea of clouds and mm. and also that heaven is up. Putting like imagery to something that's undescribable always like muddies the water. It's like it makes it's like if you see a film before you read a book, when you read that character in the book, you're thinking of the actor. Mm. So when people have seen artwork of heaven, they can't help but go to that yeah. imagery that someone's put in their head of heaven. Whereas I think actually the idea of what heaven is would be inconceivable. Like you you couldn't put images to it. You couldn't draw it. If I was going to believe in an afterlife, call it heaven, call it whatever, my idea of it would be much more, I don't know, like a a, a feeling. It's, a, it's not a, a anything where I exist physically. It's like um, infinite euphoria, like mm. infinite bliss, like like Tiss would describe like a great trip he's been on <laughs> and and time and time is like endless and it, it feels in that moment it would be that for an eternity that doesn't feel like an eternity it just feels like a constant bliss it's almost like the sense of self just dissolves away yeah you melt and you're just in this like almost like a wave I don't know it's hard to explain because it's impossible to explain because you can't describe it but my ideas would always be much more I don't know like metaphysical they're not they're not like a, a tangible place or thing or you don't can't talk to people or if you can it's more it's not vocally it's just 
a, a trip. Yeah, that's interesting that you say <laughs> the that. Endless like, trip, being a non-believer, because because that could almost fit like Beef's potential idea of an afterlife or a Christian idea of an afterlife. Yeah, but the caveat of that is, I said at the beginning, if I were to believe in, it's just yeah, I like yeah, putting yeah. ideas yeah. of like if that's I were it, yeah. to believe yeah, it, I think it would be more like this. Hmm. I I think this is probably where, as a Christian, I would I would have to say why well, well you know if I was to directors back to the start of the episode this is one of my i don't know um answers i um, i don't i don't know i have an idea if if i was to look at the bible but what the bible says about heaven consistently throughout the whole bible is so i, I can't even imagine you know so the main the main thing the main concept is a place without any pain no suffering hmm. which to me sounds mental i can't even imagine that because even if even if you have a fantastic day there'll have been something that you've heard in conversation or maybe you see something on the news or you see something on social media and you're always aware of suffering, I feel, hmm. anyway, or maybe not every all, all the time, every day. But I think it's it's there, isn't it? You're always aware of, of how finite life can be and what that... Hmm, most definitely. That, um, so I, I just know, to me, it doesn't... I'm like, it's, it's not... A, and also this concept of heaven being up there and heaven being down there is um i think that's again come from sort of greek mythology and and medieval imagery and all that kind of stuff so it's hmm. it, I, I mean yeah so some of some of the some of the preachers who've claimed to have been to heaven you know maybe they've died on an operating table or something some of the stuff they come out with is like no no, you didn't. You didn't experience that. That's I don't know where that's, <laughs> you know, this this idea that it's. But I think for me, it's two constants. It's the 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 bliss, I suppose, that Bobby talked about that the the no pain, the no suffering, an absence of sin. So all mental stuff, which is completely impossible, um, uh, and that you're in the presence of God forever, essentially. Mm. But no, no, I don't. I wouldn't say. I want to sit and play the harp forever. <laughs> so along the line of belief and the soul and the stuff we're talking about, do you think that we all, if we're thinking of the idea of a soul, do you think we all have a soul or that belief in a soul creates it? Are we soulless until we believe we have a soul? Tis, does belief in a soul create the soul? No. We all have it. Yeah. Even if we don't believe we've got it. Yeah. Right, next question. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, I saw this thing about kids' brains. When you when when kids <laughs> Right. <laughs> kids for a long time are like basically super <laughs> close to the source of life. They're souls. Right. They're just they they don't know um they're not self-aware so they're just pure soul they're just pure spirit coming into this world and then they gain self-awareness which is like ego like awareness of oh this is mm -hmm. me you know before you're just like fucking who cares <laughs> you know i'm a baby but uh <laughs> that's so you are you are pure soul until you become an asshole <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> no but yeah you're, you're pure soul when you're born 
and then it corrupts as you go. See, that's, that's interesting because that kind of ties in with some other stuff that I've heard about, like reincarnation. When you say like kids are close to the source, because I've heard tales of kids who have allegedly um, they started playing with like little aeroplanes and stuff like that and then they'll start wanting to get more and more into like world war ii stuff and i read this one story whilst i was researching this and it said this kid was able to by the age of three and a half accurately talk about pre-flight checks on a supermarine spitfire which i think is probably a bit far-fetched but it just sort of takes back to the idea of that kids are close to the source if there is such a thing as reincarnation then maybe they're able to sort of tap into that previous life mm. not something i believe but so this is literally the story i found fucking saw this is literally the story man oh shit this, oh, really? this kid this kid is crazy man so <laughs> he had nightmares about about crashing his plane as a kid and his parents kept going in when he had nightmares and stuff like this uh and then as he got older he could even name the aircraft carrier he was on he could name his whole squadron he went to like a veterans day and they met like people that well, like veterans of that war off that same aircraft carrier and um this kid spoke to the his supposed past life sister they worked out who he was from like his his dad started researching what he was saying and worked out who he was and then they finally met the past life sister um and he the kid asked for like a painting that only the brother only her brother could have known about or something like this uh apparently the spirit inside him was asking to get that painting or something like this that is really weird that's mental so it's it's supposed that like you reincarnate and that that was like sort of uh yeah, like leftover sort of trauma from the time where he'd crashed his plane and it's like quite a traumatic death and kind of like sort of followed him into his next life, I guess. The version that I read at the very end, he went to this person's grave and when he laid his hand upon it, he sort of froze for a moment, turned around, walked away and never spoke about it ever again. <laughs> yes, well, this it wasn't on the grave on this one. That's a bit of a fairy tale ending for me for something yeah. that was like so I was like really into no this this was like they made the kid go and like say goodbye because they were just like you can't hang on to this past life you have to like move on so the kid wasn't the part the kid was was allowed to become its own person eventually basically yeah totally but he still felt like he he has a residual of the past life but he's been able to enjoy his new life by sort of drawing a line under it so that idea if if true is yeah. amazing and i'm like how can you explain that if that's true it can only be evidence of reincarnation the most cynical and i almost feel horrible saying it the most cynical thing would be like oh the parents told him what to say half the time in those things the parents told him what to say so the parents were previous christians apparently and did not believe in reincarnation and they still don't mm. they still just like we can't explain what happened my instinct tells me that I don't believe in this. Uh, very sceptical parents. And they're just like, but how can you explain these things? It's just like, like on the one hand, that seems impossible, but explain this. like, Yeah, it's one of those things where like, you say, explain this, but I can't. And the kid was just, you know, it's just the kid being like absolutely on point with so much stuff. And and then this the end part was like his parents said he he said to his parents 
something like, uh, oh, I knew you were going to be good parents when I chose you. And he was like, what? What did you say? He was like, yeah, when I chose you, I chose you guys out as parents. And he even, he described the hotel where he was conceived, picking out his parents. (laughs) (laughs) That just sounds shady. That's mad, right? That's weird. Yeah, like watching, it's like, it's like before you're born, it's just a big porno booth. You're watching everyone have sex. I'm going to jump into those balls. No, I think, I think he said he saw them in the lobby and chose them. And then like, that was the weekend they decided to have the kid i don't know whether they conceived it at that point i guess for the magic to work it has to be conceived on the night of choosing i think that's the rules right this is the kind of story <laughs> that takes you back to like right at the beginning of the podcast where i was just like i love this kind of story it's a great story i don't know how much i believe it but i want to go along with it because it's so cool yeah and if you if you listen to a lot of near death experiences as well um a lot of those they like oh man there was another part where this this they were talking about anesthesia and anesthesia is crazy they just don't know how it shuts us off they do not know where we go and they've been doing experiments where the brain reacts safe the brain reacts to light the way that it should like the, the right parts light up but our, oh, consciousness but our consciousness is gone. Is gone. Our, our reference of time, you know, when you go under, you do not dream. You just go and you come back. Mm-hmm. See, that's what scares me. That, that whole idea is like, what if I don't come back? Well, th- and I guess that's more, like... more to the point is how crazy is it that you do come back if you go somewhere? And the fact that you can go somewhere and come back, that's crazy. You know, you could die for a few days. Some people... I don't, know if, I don't know if that's common, but I don't people, think I'm sure days. people have died for maybe long periods of time, right? Not for a few days, for like a few minutes, maybe. Well, how long was Jesus dead before he... <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. No, that whole idea brings me back to what you always say, Tiss, about like satellite consciousness. Yeah. So like that's where we go. And um, I was watching the uh, Mushroom Doc that we were talking about. Yeah, last night, and that talks about how mushrooms can be part of one huge network and even pass matter between one another, like yeah. the equivalent of like me putting my hand on Tiss and then my arm getting shorter as his gets bigger, and then we walk away. And that whole transference of of energy is amazing, and that's almost like what the satellite consciousness reminds me of that. How like mushrooms are part of a huge network, and they're actually as sophisticated as humans, and probably a a better form of life than us. <laughs> well, they've lived but for a long, they, longer. They can, they're on a network. It makes me feel like humans are almost on a network. Like the brain leaves, it's still in the network, it comes back, it's yeah. back in the human. When you observe natural structure, these things exist, so I don't see them as too far-fetched because mm. they, already, they already happen. It's just the question of how much does that apply to our existence, I guess. Mm. Maybe mushrooms are just special. Yeah, Bob, have you ever heard of the term the Akashic Record? No. I've heard of this t- this term. It doesn't surprise me you've heard of it. I thought you were. 
there's um I, I i used to read up on all sorts of weird stuff and the paranormal when i was a teenager one of the things that kind of got my attention was astral projection you know I was never able mm. to achieve it myself but one of the guides that i read said that when you do manage to separate from your body and you, know, you imagine yourself going out to space and then eventually just disappearing into the into the wider ether is that you can connect with the akashic record which is essentially like a universal consciousness where you can go oh. and ask questions and the answers to all things are there Mm. This is like Doctor Strange shit. Mm, most definitely. I, I did yeah. astral projection at Tai Chi. Yeah. Well, did, did you actually manage to achieve it as Qi well? Gong. Well, it felt it felt well. very peculiar, but definitely not like HD me in space. You know, floating around. Yeah, it was you know <laughs> meditation. But yeah, like when Bender becomes God and goes and talks. Definitely. To God. Yeah. Yeah. Who mm. knows. <laughs> but I definitely practiced it. Mm, there's some crazy ideas flying around in this episode. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> when is there not? So here's a question. I was gonna. I was about to say beef. Chuck a question in. Oh yeah. right. Oh, this isn't one of yeah. my questions, and I don't know what the answer to this question is. It just it's just a thought. Where mm-hmm. does the so if the universe is like a collective energy, mm-hmm. how did that? Where did that energy come from? Big bang. Is that energy just being around? Big Bang, mate. Mm-hmm. That one. Energy just is. Where did the Big Bang come from? I don't know much about space and science and stuff, but does anyone know where the Big Bang came from? We're getting into some weird shit here. This is beyond me. We need a quantum physicist. Oh, I, was, I was really... I never know what to expect <laughs> from your knowledge, Rick. I, sometimes I feel like you come out with something really unexpected, like, well, actually, the Big Bang uh, is this, and, like, you knew. No. <laughs> one of the theories I've, that I've heard about the universe is that we are just, like, a, a bubble that is expanding, much in the same way you pour a glass yeah. of champagne and you get many bubbles that come from the one. One of the theories out there is that we are just one of these bubbles on who knows what in some sort of weird four-dimensional space. I heard the thing that the universe is constantly expanding, mm. which blows my mind, because if it's in- infinite, if it's absolutely endless anyway, how can it also expand? And that's the sort of thoughts and yeah. the, the like sort of opposing ideas that my brain can't handle. Expand into what? What's it expanding into? That's the question, yeah. Like, is it just going to keep expanding and forever into what? Or is it like... a Petri dish. And if that's true, we're becoming more and more insignificant. Every second we're becoming more insignificant because we make up a smaller percentage of the mm. ever-expanding universe. I don't like that. But I I, I, I read a theory about this that uh, I'm not even getting into because I can't remember the Hang on a sec. If energy can't be destroyed or creative, how, how, can it ex- how can the universe expand? Yeah. Just stretches all the same energy out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, no, he's, he's got a point. Because much like that bubble in the champagne glass. delivered it, though. Just like, oh, God, we're serious, isn't it? <laughs> like he just knows. <laughs> Next. The thing is, this is this is where it's interesting because this is what I would say is the ceiling of knowledge. It can't go any higher than this because... No. Um, the universe has a ceiling. No, as in it's this getting is higher all the time. our understanding of the knowledge. Is of, that ceiling expanding? No, I'm just our saying that. Is, it, is it, oh my god, our understanding is in our understanding is expanding at the same rate as the universe. Oh, okay. So the more we learn about ourselves, the more the universe expands to compensate so that we never know enough. No, the other way around. As it gets bigger, our brain follows it. The universe expands, which expands our brain. Yeah, yeah. More mm. stuff comes out from the inside of our brains. 
Because the inside is like a sort of... I like the idea that one of those ideas was more ridiculous than the other. Like, no, no, you idiot. Yeah, yeah not that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what what I'm getting at is it. I always find it interesting and, and also embarrassing when... Your trousers fall down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's never happened to me. <laughs> Your trousers have have fallen down. We've gone from the most like highbrow concepts to the lowest brow comedy. (laughs) Someone's trousers falling down. Keeping it real, just keeping it. Yeah, that's what the people come for. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think for me this this is what I'm trying to say is that the this is where I feel like our knowledge stops no matter what you believe because if you have a faith you'd say oh it's fine we've got a creator. But then someone chimes in and says, but where did the creator come from? I don't know. Yeah, who created the creator? Exactly. Who created the creator? Um, who created the created creator? Uh, it also stops if you don't believe in a creator because at some point mm. you can't explain where a universe came from. We just It's all just theories and ideas. Um, but yeah, the bubble theory is something I was reading about the other day. Um, and it's something Rachel's brother talks about. Um, along mm-hmm. with a lot of other stuff that I don't understand because he Yeah, is... we really should get him back on the show. I love that Black Holes episode. Yeah, I mean, maybe he would be I able love to provide how, an like, insight. Dumb, dumb, goo-goo babies we looked the whole way through it. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's uh, but it, it's, it's just interesting. But, uh, yeah. The thing I always enjoy about the Big Bang is um, the the two theories that are the, kind of the opposite to that at the end of the universe is either it'll expand out to a point and just pop or it will crunch back in on itself and you get the big crunch but either way mm. all life and everything that ever was or ever will be will be blinked out in the blink of an eye and we wouldn't even know that sounds nice <laughs> oh, yeah. I, do you know the idea of it crunching back seems more feasible to me than popping well mm. now we get to another theory that once it crunches back in on itself and all the matter in existence is compressed what's to stop it from going bang once again I think it will. I think that's what it would do. It would go so big that it ha- pings back and then it's like the whole thing starts all over again. Mm. And then we're getting into some other weird theories that the actual u- nature of the universe is cyclical and we have lived this many, many times. I love the cyclical universe theory. There's mm, an amazing episode of Futurama about the cyclical universe yes, theory. Yes, yes. It's like um, when... Because uh, he misses the day for- and he goes so yeah. far in the future that it comes back around again that's so he can meet her on his day. It's an amazing episode, yeah. So good. And that is what that's how it works. That's why all the Futurama writers have like PhDs for episodes mm. like that. That's how it works. You think the Simpsons predicted stuff, Futurama predicts stuff in the future, like super future. So Simpsons <laughs> gets Trump in like 10 years and Futurama gets like quantum <laughs> level stuff. <laughs> but what if instead of that, at some point we hit the edge of the universe, almost like we're in this little like Petri dish and at some point we'll just hit the, the outer rim. What if it's just like the sensation that you get when you're on a bumper car? You hit the edge and oh, oh there we go. There's the edge just, of the universe. It just expanded to where it gets to. It doesn't pop, it doesn't shrink. It no. just goes, everyone just goes, oh, at the same time. Well, that's the universe. There we so go. It's limit. We've, we found the edge of the universe. Done. Yeah, don't know. It's, it's, this, is, this is crazy. For me. We could sit, I could sit for hours and talk about the universe. It's been um, a long time since we went into this sort of... We've been very, talking about really like spiritual stuff recently, which is why we watched this episode. It's almost like wrapping up the spiritual trilogy. We had the ego, 
heaven and hell and then this. Mm. And it's been a long time. It's almost like we've spoken so much about spirituality that all our like weird science stuff is like seeping out of our pores, like because it's been clogged up for so long, and we're getting into <laughs> weird science territory again. <laughs> Sorry about that disgusting analogy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to get back on the soul. Um, Beef, do you want to chuck out one of your soul questions? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to find them though, because I've I've not written them down. I've just uh, I have just they're on my phone. So, um, oh, one one we've kind of already done. Um, not really though. We just talked about how like if a soul is like a spiritual concept, or if you were to say that mainly it feels like a spiritual concept, how would science explain the soul? Um, but we've pretty much covered that one without answering it yeah when we go off on these tangents it does like cover our questions because i've got here like what's the difference between the soul and the ego and i think we covered that really early on of like they are opposing each other um yeah i guess uh one of the other things i thought about is like your conscience is that your soul or is your conscience something separate or is it a part of your soul is your soul like an overarching umbrella and underneath soul you get like emotion personality conscience uh empathy energy i don't know i think your conscience is the way it is the link between the ego and the soul it is the way that the ego and the soul interact Mm. okay Mm, i like that i see where you're coming from as well yeah yeah, because you got with with the soul. I feel like the other stuff you said, like emotion and feelings and stuff, that all comes into your soul. And then your ego is like your moral compass, is what we said. And the ego, really, what we came down to at the end of the episode is just balance. It's all balance, and what we should be doing versus what we want to do, and how that balances out to make us mm. our ego center. But then your conscience is sort of like the link between the the ego and and the the soul, which it's sort of like. Your ego is telling your soul you should be doing this, and your conscience uh, and your and your soul is. It's like a filter. Well, I guess I guess that I guess that traffic can go both ways because your soul would feed into your ego and say, "This is what I want to do. This is what I feel like I should do. It's what I feel I mm. should do." And your ego is what I know I should do. It's like a middleman. Yeah. Yeah. Jiminy Cricket. I mean, I guess these things kind of this does flow into the the question about science trying to make sense of all of this. Um, because I think it, I mean, it is a bit of a cop out, but I, I guess the spiritual answer to this is, well, my soul came from God. Right. A creator kind of answers that for you. That's a cop out. It is a cop out, but that's the answer. I'm joking, I'm joking. There's no other answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because um, you said it was a cop out. I had to say it. But it's no, and and I'm not trying to. I love the idea of Beef getting really angry and offensive over that. <laughs> suddenly just after all these episodes he suddenly just hits limit and loses his rag <laughs> just shut the call off I know it's a fucking and... cop out it just hangs up <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I feel like that's never going to happen if it if it's it would have happened by now I feel um, yeah. yeah I just find it interesting that it and um, I feel like you guys would probably agree with this like I'm I'm I I love I love science and I find it like fascinating that in one way there's not really an answer to all of these questions and if there is and like like you were saying to us I hadn't even thought about what goes on in your brain when you're under anesthetic like what does I hadn't even considered that I just feel like there are times where we feel really proud 
of scientific achievement and maybe like right now with vaccines and things like that being cropping up everywhere you know maybe this is like one of those times where people think yeah that's a fantastic achievement and yet on the other hand you've got all this stuff that we just do not understand and it doesn't even feel like we come close to it um and and i just can't understand I suppose it comes back to that nature nurture stuff, doesn't it? Your your conscience and and you meet some really terrible people who had fantastic parents who nurtured people and tried to you tried to teach your children to do the right things and you know even now with Joel we're having conversations and um, Rick I'm sure if does your daughter go to nursery like she goes to a nursery right she does yeah yeah so they'll be talking about like kind hands. Um, you know, or like that kind of concept, like being kind, don't hit, all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, most definitely, yeah, yeah. Have they got the golden rules? Most most nurseries have got golden rules. No, no, we don't have a set of those. Uh, God, what were the golden rules? Uh, no smoking. Uh, <laughs> 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 no drinking. <laughs> um, I don't know. I always forget them, and Joel gets really cross that I forget them. Um, oh, uh, walking feet inside uh kind hands kind mouth okay i always that sounds weird but basically don't shout at people and don't Mm. call people nasty names the the only one that we got from her nursery was listening ears which is very useful we say that and she's just like yes daddy good girl (laughs) but these these concepts i like the idea of listening ears like they're describing what they are smelling it's my smelling nose (laughs) these are my looking (laughs) eyes (laughs) just describing what the object does Trust me, Bob, when you have a kid, you'll know the difference between listening ears and non-listening ears, oh, my okay. friend. It's horrific. <laughs> and it is, it's almost like, yeah, we could, yeah, let's not get into that. Yeah, but that does exist. <laughs> like, there are times where, yeah, I could, you could say anything to Joel when he's trying to watch something on TV. Like, he was watching Mickey Mouse earlier, and he just, I was like, he's not listening. And then I said, mm-hmm. would you like some cake? <laughs> Bang. He was up at that table, like, there's no tomorrow. <laughs> like, you can hear me then. <laughs> anyway yeah conscience tis what do you think about conscience does does, is conscience part of your soul is that what is that i like what bob said but also uh if i was to play into what i was watching yesterday maybe conscience is like try so conscience wants to get rid of the karmic baggage so conscience is like the side the sort of uh the angel on your shoulder sort of thing probably part of the soul Mm. but no, I like what Bob said. That's probably closer to what I think. Like a a meeting room between the ego and the soul to decide what's going to happen. A meeting room. Yeah, I like the idea of it being two-way traffic. Like, you, the it's your feelings versus your, your logic and mm. they're passing between each other because sometimes, you know, people say think with your head, not with your heart in different situations and almost like they're passing between each other with your conscience, like filtering out what what is actually right to do and wrong in between those mm. things i feel yeah. like i've I've been witnessing that with you know going back to my daughter again just over the the past six months so about six months ago she would just bite like as some kids do not <laughs> particularly hard but she'll just give you a nip every now and then and you know we tell it stop and we start telling her that it hurts and you know you're hurting me all that sort of thing and watching the concepts grow in her mind where right. at first she was like we don't bite it hurts through to i don't want to bite you because it'll make you sad you know i'm watching yeah, that yeah, sort of um, empathy kick in and fuel that and seeing that little bit of conscious develop uh, sorry consciousness develop and it's that sense of responsibility i don't want to be the cause of 
yeah unhappiness on someone else yeah yeah so it's like i'm actively getting to watch her conscious develop right now mm. and it's it's amazing yeah and i think it's i guess i'm trying to pinpoint like how it happens but i think you as a parent you're always aware that um so like you know there are times where i get really cross and instead of mm-hmm. just wanting to in the moment all you want to do is shout um and actually I tried to make a conscious choice to be like, okay, instead of just shouting at Joel if he does something wrong or he upsets me or whatever, to try and explain why it is I'm angry. Like, mm-hmm. I'm angry because of this. Um, and it's interesting that when we started doing that, he started picking up on it at nursery. Uh, and he would tell me in the car, he'd be like, oh, uh, such and such started crying today. You're like, oh, right, why did he cry? Oh, because they pushed him over and it hurt him. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you're like, oh, and then you can carry that conversation on. Like, okay, so what what did you learn from that? Don't push people over. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's just mm. really interesting watch. And you, I feel like so, so much of my worry is like, I don't want to be putting stuff on him. I want him to discover things for himself, mm. especially his faith. I would hate for him to grow up and then if he was to ever choose to become a Christian, I would want it to be 100% his choice. And I think mm. a part of me thinks, um, obviously we're going to take him to church with us until at some point he'll be old enough and we'll say, do you want to stay at home or do you want to come to church with us? Because like, I feel like that worked with, with me. My parents gave me that choice to be able to make that decision myself. Um, and it's like, even that worries me that i'm like oh yeah but by taking him to church he's still got all of this influence and and so we're trying really hard to not sort of let who we are rub off on him do you know what i mean Mm. Mm, it's hard it's really hard yeah but then i think he he lives in the world he doesn't live when he as he gets older he won't at the moment he just lives with you and he goes to nursery or whatever yeah but as he gets older he'll have more time not with you as well and yeah, he'll exactly. be with other people and he'll be in the world. So it's not like, oh, he only knows the life of church. No, he's yeah. around other people all the time who all have different thoughts exactly. and ideas. And he will develop his own through you, uh, through a combination of what he's seen through you and through church and through yeah. other people. And that's where you can choose. Like you said, it worked for you being given that choice and that responsibility as you got older and you didn't go to church quite a few years and then you decided yeah i do but that was no pressure on you before you re-decided to start going to church again yeah it was something that you came to on your own so i think that's the healthiest way to do it that's true yeah but it's 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 just it's on my mind all the time and you just can't you're always aware of what you're saying you know how how you're expressing yourself and the kind of thing because he picks up on stuff all the time um yeah, but anyway, we've got that's a big tangent. I just, uh, there's massive, been a few. <laughs> there's been a few. Uh, that's what happens when you get two dads on here. <laughs> Do you mind if I throw a little question out? Go for Actually, it. Pr- pretty quite a big one because this is the one that I'm really looking forward to the answer to. Tiss, what are your thoughts on what happens to the soul on death? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not too sure, but I. The, the one that I stick to that I like the most is that, uh, yeah, like we're infinite beings after death. But, uh, yeah, how... Th- they, those near-death experiences sounded 
amazing when they were just describing how they'd just gone to this other place and all the different ways they'd describe it and and then obviously they got revived um and it just sort of strengthens that but also when you nearly died doesn't doesn't a massive amount of dmt get dumped into your brain yeah exactly and that connects you to the quantum realm, which keeps you alive forever until your next host is ready. That second sentence there was exactly what Rick was waiting for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, but Tis, this this place, this after place, is it a physical place? No. It's all immaterial. It's all just like... Well, who knows? I mean, I think... Either there's another place or it's like... It could manifest in so many different ways. If we go to another place, do we look like us again? I think those questions, it's almost like... Or do you get to choose like an avatar? That is like a bridge too far. It's like what form it takes, who knows? But I guess the real... The real thing you can surmise is that either something's going to happen or nothing... And I think something kind of edges it for me. Nothing is also still a possibility to me, by the way. <laughs> it terrifies me. <laughs> well, actually, no, it doesn't because it's nothing. It's literally nothing. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. The comforting the... thing. There's nothing there, so it's nothing to worry about. But I just The think... only worry is the ego, like I won't exist anymore, which is the ego. It's me, me, me. So what? You didn't exist before. I don't mind not existing as in like me. I just... Uh, the idea of your spirit. I don't even know if it's living on. I just, it's not even like I want this to happen. It's like, it's almost like a feeling like I know mm. this is going to happen. It's not, mm. it's, yeah, it's it's not like a wish. I don't really mind what happens because as I said, mm. nothing subconsciously is nothing. you've already been there because it's where you came from. So you're and just returning. Almost something opens the door for the something to be any spectrum of good or bad. So nothing is actually quite comforting, but it's what I feel is that there is something more to this. Like when you guys were saying earlier, I forgot I did. I wanted to ask a question, which was, um, when you guys were saying earlier about the thing you love about life is that this is it. This is mm. your chance. Mm. Michael Jackson. Um, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, but that that is that kind of plays into my own belief as well, because I believe that. I'm just like, this is amazing and this is it. But that also works on the sort of infinite level, because if you were an infinite being and you could do anything and you wanted to experience something more, wouldn't you surely do this? Because like you guys said, this is beautiful. This is finite. You can really appreciate what you've got because you live under this belief that it is finite or the chances are it's finite. It's almost like if you're an infinite being, it's the idea of infinity is so beyond our comprehension that it's almost the same as like we become nothing. Because to be a blip in infinite in infinity to experience this life is something, this is it, but it's also absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of infinity. So it's almost both. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
The reason I was laughing, by the way, when I asked you, would we become art? Would we look like ourselves? I'm laughing again thinking about it because the idea is so preposterous to me. We die and our spirits leave. We go to another place and it's just me again. There I am. But which which <laughs> version? It's like what, like young? Exactly. Like, like what age? Like yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean when you re if you if you're circumcised, you reform with, with or without your foreskin? Do you know what I mean? That sort of petty, petty, crude uh. matter meat thing yeah, that yeah. we are what are we for reforming as is so preposterous to me that we would reform as exactly ourselves. it's a what very our human prime? way of thinking Plus it's really it. arrogant isn't it exactly it's, it's pure <laughs> ego it's pure ego yeah it's definitely the it's the human question the human question of the spiritual world because what will if i we look all... like is there an Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> if we go to heaven and we just look like we are, do we look like we are the moment we die? Because we're not normally at our best the moment we die. No. No, definitely not. I think it's probably mm, an amalgamation of what you look like the to everyone who ever met you. So if you're really Ooh. bad, you're going to look like a real twat in heaven. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that as an insult as well. He's gonna look like a right twat when he gets to yeah. <laughs> When you're in heaven, mate, you're gonna look like a cunt. <laughs> I'd love to see someone's response to that. If you seriously gave that to him as an insult, I'd have to explain the theory behind it as well, just so they're absolutely up to speed. Yeah, if you after, got half an hour to sit after down. After that time elapsed, I feel like they probably would have simmered down. <laughs> they just remain that pumped up for the whole time. <laughs> Shaking. Uh, oh. But yeah, that's, pr- that's probably what happens, right? What if... So you just said, Bobby, that when you, when you die, you're usually not at your best. Which, yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably right. Um... What if it's what if it's just a, if it's about like happiness? What if like when you go to heaven, you're you sort of almost like reform as you when you were at your happiest? Oh, that's an idea. So I said I I sort of said the the idealized version of yourself, and what you mean is the idealizing emotionally. Yeah, almost like to me, almost like uh, so that heaven is more so almost like San Junipero, mm, right? Where it's so even though it's it's basically a load of elderly people, you it's where you or like your happiest self exists. Um, that's not mm-hmm. what I believe, by the way. I don't I don't really know. I think um, I, most people are happiest when they're a kid. Yeah, probably. Unless unless like obviously unless they had a bad childhood, but I think even with a, I think there's something about the innocence of and and carefreeness as a, as a child of a child. Yeah, that's where that idea falls apart for me. Because I'm just like, we're just a bunch of seven year olds playing with Lego and stuff. Because <laughs> that's when you're at your most carefree. Yeah, you know, it sounds amazing. I'll be up for that. Yeah, yeah. That's why they say people love to collect toys or play with Lego or something because they say it brings you back to your happy time. If you get handing some Lego and start building some Lego, you get that like fuzzy, warm feeling, and it's it's because it your brain equates it to the age. It's like you get a sense memory of the, when you played with that at that time, mm. which is mm. why, especially in our generation, there's this, us and our, and our parents' generation, this real sense of like 
hunting down the things you had as a child and people try and buy their old toys on eBay and stuff because it gives them that unexplainable childhood feeling. I need a job lot of Lego. That's what I fucking need. Oh, I love to play with Lego sometimes. I find it so relaxing. one of those plastic dustbins you find on building sites full of Lego. That's what I want for lockdown. Just the the feel of putting your hand in that bin and... uh, Just building stuff. I remember building stuff. This is... This is where I feel like maybe, and I feel like you're going to disagree with this so quite a lot, but with Lego, you get, it's so much fun building it, but then you build it and you're like, well, now what? Brilliant. Now I've just got this thing that I can't put anywhere because there's no. to I don't put. worry about that. I just, I, the, the, my brain is so overactive all the time. <laughs> That yeah. I I feel like the the act of doing that and my brain it almost like it turns off for the time mm. I do it and I it's the one moment of peace. I, I, my brain is at more peace there than when I'm sleeping, you know, because <laughs> when I'm sleeping yeah. I wake up all the fucking time. Yeah. So to to put my brain in child mode to like trick it into child mode is satisfying. Yeah, and it's like when you listen to music, you don't you don't think about when when is this song going to end I'm, what am I going to listen to mm. after this song you're just in the moment enjoying the song or like when you go for a walk especially if it's a song or an album you know really well and you're really comfortable in some albums I know so well I put it on it's like I'm sinking into a warm like auditory bath mm, and yeah. I just absorb it and I know it so well I know what's coming and time doesn't pass during that time yeah, yeah. it's the, the journey of it yeah yeah okay so we can't, we have the soul whether we want it or not. We can't, we doesn't get created just because we believe in it, right? Is what we said earlier. Yeah, no, it's not like thought creates it. So if you can't create it, can you sell it? Like that old selling your soul, the idea of selling your soul. Is it possible to actually say sort of to remove your soul, to give it up, to become ultimately soulless? Bit of a weird one, but technically I own three people's souls. Really? Is it? Did they write them on a bit of paper and you yeah. write for a fiver? So this is going to sound so, so horribly nerdy, but I used to play this game when I was younger on the N64 called Shadow Man. And one of the things we did in it was to go out of collecting souls. And we were learning about the concept of the soul in RE at the time as well. And I thought, I wonder if people would actually sell their souls. So I paid people 50p for their soul and they, they wrote it down on a piece of paper. I blah, 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 hereby bequeath my eternal soul to Ricky Dove for the price of 50 pence, signed just, you know, in a pen, not blood or anything like that. And they gave me the piece of paper. Mm. Holy shit. Mm. So technically Do you, you still can. have them? No, um, I kind of, oh. even though I don't really believe in it, I kind of just subconsciously like let that one go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, was like, I, can have I them love back. the idea of you've got them in a cardboard box in the bottom of your cupboard still. <laughs> Dude, you <laughs> should have kept case. those. You could have wagered <laughs> them against the devil. Imagine that was real and the de- devil wanted your soul. You'd just be like, here's free. If, if I end up there, I'm the going to try it. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you need the receipts. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the receipts that. have to be either in your dwelling there. or within six feet of you when you die. That's the rules that I just made up. <laughs> so to answer your question, Bob, yes, you can tell yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've seen it happen me, in real yeah. life. More, more spiritually speaking, though, do you mean like, you know, sell your soul to the devil sort of thing? Well, that idea, because these people say, oh, you know... The idea of selling your soul to the devil or like, even if that isn't possible, like selling it, is it possible to do something so heinous that you basically remove the soul from yourself? Mm. Like you just give it up? No, your soul just goes to hell, isn't it? So it's just corrupted? Uh, I don't know about that. I think it just goes to hell. It's just like corrupted. 
But can you carry on living without it? Uh, or does it wait till you die? You? <laughs> Who's you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Which you are you talking about? The spiritual you or the ego you? Uh, the vessel. The vessel. The vessel always dies. Then the soul goes to either heaven or hell, apparently. But if you're halfway through your life and yeah. you do something which is like you give up your soul or sell your soul, hmm. does the does the soul then stay with you? until you die and then go or does it leave at that moment and you're left without it i thought the theory of selling your soul was only applied to selling your soul to a devil or a demon or something like that because like right. so you'd need a spiritual belief in in the soul and heaven and hell for that your soul has like an eternal place in its home but to be to be swayed you can sell your soul to this entity and like in the material world you don't value that soul but you know they they want it obviously for a reason uh so you don't value it so this is the time mm. where they can you can they can get you to sell your soul because this is the most vulnerable time you forget what it is the soul what you're giving away and then you sell it to yeah that's what i thought that's the theory of when you said selling your soul that's not necessarily right, okay. what I think is going on. I keep I keep saying it so sincerely that I just feel like I know if we're gonna feel <laughs> yeah. like I'm definitely. I was really going along with you for the ride there. <laughs> I, I yeah. still say like fictionally though you would like retain that soul throughout the rest of your material life because I, yeah. I think it's one of those things that would end up being more terrifying the older that you get. You know, oh the, yeah, the fact that yeah. death is looming upon you—it's almost like part of that torment. Yeah, someone's yeah. going to cash in. Mm, exactly. But yeah, then totally. what this is so if we think about the when Bart Simpson sells his soul right to Millhouse, I feel like I watched that episode I'm like that doesn't seem like a big deal. Like basically automatic doors don't open for him. Like yeah, nothing's never... going his way. That's like one day. Yeah, yeah, and but... he can't even breathe. Way to breathe, no breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just seems. But so, does that mean though? So, it, like, because if Millhouse owns his soul, like Bobby, if you sold sold your soul to me, mm. and I owned your soul, you know what happens. You know the answer to this. No, you I get don't. to lay back in a rowboat while your and soul's you, paddle, yeah. and then I turn in circles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's weird. That's a weird Homer concept. sells his soul for a donut. So I think the idea of selling a soul, I think you need some sort of... My idea of the soul as like a, a an energetic, an energy personality, I don't know, whatever bollocks I said earlier, um, is it's not compatible with that idea. You need to have the, the spiritual religious belief mm. in order to have the whole concept of selling a soul to even be a factor. Mm. I think so, yeah. and if if your soul isn't a physical thing that takes space inside your body, then it's not going to be able to row a boat. No, <laughs> I don't think the, the end. <laughs> In the reincarnation side of things, do you think like selling your soul could be like um, you're wagering your because you're trying to keep moving up the scale, right? You're trying to move up frequencies. You're trying to get better as a person. But selling your mm. soul could be like wagering this life uh, to sort of not go up, maybe go down or stay in the same place. So you're, you're spending a whole lifetime wasting that chance to go up and selling your soul could be associated with... I like that, yeah. It's like, like 
pleasure now for short-term gain. Yeah. But like spiritual demotion almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. So selling selling your soul mm. out. So giving, doing like the dirty that. on your soul. Mm. <laughs> or could you just find the most spiritual person you could possibly think of and sell your soul to them and just be like, get me in, like getting in a nightclub or something, you know, a bouncer, like, oh, <laughs> give me, just get me higher up the ladder. <laughs> Just uh, let, get me. I've been. I can, I've been coming back as all sorts of like scumbags. Just get me back as some kind of guru or something. I don't know. I reckon there's definitely some spiritual people doing that. I love the idea of. I mean, this that idea has to have been used, right? The reincarnation idea as like wages and like trading. Like I'll do two bad lives for a jump up the ladder. Like something I, I don't know. Like that feels like a concept that I haven't seen in something, but it would. Be it's very like a currency, good. isn't it? Yeah, soul as currency. Give me that in something, a book, video game, movie, I don't know. Mm. But you said earlier, yeah, I suppose it doesn't work, does it? Because we said earlier that if your soul is not a material entity. An idea I just had. Um, the interesting thing about this is, is the idea, is it's the same as an interesting thing about lots of things in this world, is that the idea of a soul isn't just like, relegated to like one place or one belief it feels like the idea of a soul is like timeless and in all places because i was thinking about when people have visited tribes who have had no uh contact with the outside world and then they've taken their picture you know and they said they're scared of the camera because mm. they say the camera's still stolen their soul mm. so the idea that they'd be scared of a camera because they believe it stole their soul suggests that they believe in a soul Mm. not that anyone put that idea in they had that idea themselves it's one of those ideas that humanity has as a whole yeah even yeah. if you haven't shared it between each other yeah i think that kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier where you know because people have profound thought and the ability for that deep self-reflection i think for, for some people it just follows that there must be a soul something more than the mm. shell that we've got yeah. it almost feels like a natural idea doesn't it when you like I say, we're talking. Like I said earlier, when you're hanging around with people and stuff, and some people you can connect with, and some people you don't, and you feel a warmth. There's a there's only they wouldn't have the word soul, but there is an a, an idea for that. That is a mm. thing that we all experience. So I guess it's only natural to come to a name or that as a concept mm. because we feel it. And I'd say that when I was younger, I definitely believed I had a soul, for sure. It right. wasn't until I started giving it more deep, rational thought and really put my mind to it that I concluded, I don't. Right. So you're soulless. Most definitely. And, well, I used to be ginger <laughs> when I had hair, so, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> well, Beef, Beef, you have your red-headed man yeah. with a soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Takes all sorts. Yeah, this is, this is why I find it interesting, because it's... Easy, it's just it's so easy for you to believe that you wouldn't have a soul because at some point you were nothing anyway. Mm. So mm. if we're saying yeah, so then it's yeah, it's not going to be timeless. It's not going to be. It would just be that it was energy for a bit and then it just goes back into the earth or whatever. So yeah, to me it's like well that makes complete sense that you would. That's that's your understanding because at mm. some point we weren't born, we weren't even here, and you can't even remember that. So your soul can't be timeless then. So it must mm. just die. It is timeless, but as part of the universe. And what you just wouldn't have any like you'd have no. 
You wouldn't remember it though. It's my memory isn't my soul. My soul is just I don't know. I'm just, Mem- I'm just going Mem- back to memory that energy transference thing. Memory is born That's of what I'm time. That's trying to grasp at. The soul is timeless. Memory is born of time. You have to remember because it's it happened. But time, timelessness doesn't happen. It's just happening. It's just now. There's no happened or remember. It is just absolutely that moment forever. I feel like this this, this podcast is going to get on so many people's tits. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bad we've been, like, we've been conversation. Down. We've been locked down in our houses for months. This is this is the result, people. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the last Weird Tales episode will never get to 150. If we aren't a little bit more crazy than we were, like... Few, you know, start of the year. I think we've been doing something wrong. We have to, yeah. Everyone has to be a little bit more insane now. Yeah, it's done damage <laughs> to us. This, this is why I didn't really understand why you guys wanted to do an episode on the soul because I thought, well, it's going to be me saying, I think that a soul is a thing and it exists, and I felt like you guys were just going to say it doesn't exist and it would just be the shortest pod in the world. No, because I do believe it exists, just not in a in a in a way that you would say it exists, I I say it as it's who we are. It's the balance of of the ego. Like to me, it's no different. Like we all agreed that we have an ego, and to me, the soul is just it's the other side of the ego. It's just a part a form of our personality. So, just because I don't believe it's it's spiritually a thing, doesn't mean I don't believe it's yeah. part of our personality. You could say like the soul is a process, in that that sense. Yeah, because Bobby, it sounds you're saying that your soul is infinite, but it's just not infinitely your soul. It then becomes infinite. It's not infinitely me, no. But I'm. It's infinite in the way that my body's infinite. It's infinite in the way that my body will rot into the ground, and then that will become worm food, and then that will become this, that, and the other. Yeah. Any any energy is infinite because it can't be created or destroyed. To come back to where we started, and in that way, I'm infinite. But energy must have... But it's not me as a personality. It's me as, as energy. But where did the energy come from? Big Bang. It just... Go. <laughs> and we come back what to... What we about the universe being cyclical? <laughs> and we've come back to the start. <laughs> yeah, and then we've looped back around. Perfect. Oh. <laughs> this episode is cyclical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless we do have any more questions, that would actually be a perfect place to start wrapping. Yeah. No, we've gone through every question I've got here. Yeah. We've covered everything that I've written down just through conversation, basically. So, mm. do, you, do you mind if I just bookend with a little quote? Yeah. So th- this is a great one. I love this one. So this is from the. And Roman... By the way, I meant yeah. Go ahead. Not yeah. I do mind. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's from the Roman emperor and philosopher Marcus Aurelius, and he said, "Live a good life. If there are gods and they are just, then they will not care how devout you have been, but will welcome you based on the virtues by which you have lived. If there are gods but unjust, then you should not want to worship them. If there are no gods, then you will be gone, but will have lived a noble life that will live on." in the memories of your loved ones. Hmm. I like that. I like That's that. That's fucking That's awesome. Hmm. I like that because it's almost like he's listened to this pod and he's satisfying everyone. He's given exactly. an answer for all of us, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Great quote. I literally think that, though. I literally think that. I'm just like, if there is a God, like, he's just cool. He's cool with it. He's cool with whatever's <laughs> going on. He'll get you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Totally. Marcus Aurelius is a smart man. 
Mm. Right. He's an old Excellent. man. Excellent. So, uh, guys. Yeah. Listener of the week. Oh, yeah. Listener uh, called Adam. Um, he did message a while back. He messaged me us to say, uh, actually, this is perfect because Rick's here. He messaged to say he enjoyed the Black Eyed Kids episode that we did the last episode, actually, Rick. Oh, uh, good man. Well done, Adam. I like picking up an email that someone's emailed randomly just about something. But what he mentioned in that, which I was like, oh, my God. He said that in that episode, we uh, didn't mention... And I was like, I don't know how it didn't come up. The idea, the tro- we talked about tropes of black-eyed kids propping up in different things, mm. and neither of us thought to mention the uh, the Japanese horror trope of the kids with black eyes, like Juon and things like that, and oh, how it Christ, ended that. Yeah, of course. Because we always go on about Japanese stuff, and yeah, for some reason that's such wow. a Japanese horror trope, and Damn. we didn't mention it. We talked about point, America Adam. and England and all sorts. Wow. So, yeah, Adam, we just forgot to mention it. But listen of the week, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for, for messaging in. Glad you enjoyed the episode. Thanks, Adam. I've actually got a Japanese ghost story. Have you guys heard about the Japanese taxi drivers? No. No. The, these Japanese uh, taxi drivers pick ghost up. Ghost story of the week. <laughs> <laughs> ghost story of the week. They they pick up these passengers. Um, what was the bombing? The is it Hiroshima? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. These taxi drivers claim to have to be picking up. I think is it Hiroshima. I can't remember. There's, there was something that happened. Loads of people died. I know that that is happened. It Nagasaki? But I mean, I don't know if it was that that was the the ghost thing. And right. these taxi drivers have picked up picked up ghosts, um, like of the survivors and driven them to places, and they've just disappeared. Hmm. Yeah. I need to find the videos. Maybe we should do an episode. I don't even know it's full episode, but it's just like a weird Japan thing again. We did an episode of weird Japan things. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Where do they go? Just wherever. They just dissipate. Yeah. And there's like taxi logs of like the trips with no passengers. And like this happens quite often, apparently, in the area. They've got Tiss's connections <laughs> faltering a little bit. It's like he's going to disappear in a minute. <laughs> like, they just disappear. I don't know if everyone else is getting that, yeah. but he's yeah. like fading no, out. No, I am. It's why I'm like this. I'm like leaning in. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah. Uh, ghost, I might have to dust off the ghost story of the week jingle for that, Tiss. Thanks. <laughs> nice one. Uh, pet of the week. Love these uh, million fucking segments we have now. Uh, pet of the week guys we got this today and I was thinking oh, I haven't got a pet of the week I'll have to dig through the emails and then I got one so just for being the one that got sent to me before we recorded James who we mentioned earlier who was on the last discussion episode perfect timing uh, suggested that we uh, highlight his cat as pet of the week he said may I introduce my cat Bruce the hairless th- uh, sphinx whose hobbies include napping eating things covered in gravy playing fetch and licking its own bollocks uh, he's a little bit cat a little bit dog so it ticks all the boxes and then um i don't know if you guys are going to be able to see this but this is the hairless sphinx cat i don't know why i'm leaning in i've met bruce so oh you see so you know this cat i know bruce yeah you know this cat okay oh. yeah he also did send a picture of it licking its own bollocks just to prove it's oh. the case. Uh, but yeah, pet of the week. Oh, hairless cats just freak me out a bit. I don't mean to sound nasty. I'm sure Bruce is amazing, but it just looks like he'd be stroking a ball bag. I've never... <laughs> he does... James says that quite a lot. I think... It, so James is allergic <laughs> to cat hair. 
<laughs> oh, um, right. wanted a cat. So that well, I'm pretty sure this is right. I'm sure he will correct me if this is wrong. Maybe this is some bullshit I made up, but no, I feel like this is right. So this was their answer. Um, and yeah, when yeah. they got it, we were like, oh, yeah, lovely. Um, <laughs> but no, I met him and he's super. I've never Just, stroked a hairless cat. No, I hate either. it. I, I would feel like it would be like stroking just a ball bag because I didn't stroke him. Um, I don't know why. I think it was like stroking a ball bag. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Do, do they have eyebrows or do they they're completely hairless? The hairless, the hairless, no completely, completely hairless. Oh. Do cats have eyebrows anyway? <laughs> do you mean whiskers? My cat does. Figaro's got like really long eyebrows. But I thought they might be like. I thought they might be like humans, like have eyebrows and beards, but like not <laughs> beards. Want to tell their what they think their emotion? <laughs> no, they're completely hairless, which is why they can't they can't go outside. They're not outside. They've got cats. whiskers though, right? That's different. Hmm. They've got whiskers, but whiskers yeah. are not hair, are they? Well, no. So there we go, uh, Bruce, pet of the week. Um, one more shout out. Ages ago, we had cancelled wedding of the week. Um, <laughs> listener Duncan, who got his wedding cancelled because of that bloody COVID. Well, I have to bleep that. We don't say the C word on it. Um, anyway, he finally got married. Yay. So congratulations, Duncan. Amazing. Congratulations, man. It got delayed and ended up having a Halloween wedding. Oh, nice. So congratulations. That's awesome. Even better. Um, so next episode, everyone, is going to be episode 150. The very next one. And... Yeah, and if you haven't got in your questions and stuff for that yet, it's too late. So don't send any more. Uh, but I hope you enjoy the episode anyway. <laughs> Have we got any? Yeah, got quite a few. Oh, all right, okay, okay, fair enough. So we won't get. For, I don't think we'll get for all of them because um, we're going to do some other stuff. I'll talk to you about it in a minute, guys. After we wrap up. But anyway, wrap up the episode now. Uh, get in contact, not with those questions, but with other things. Uh, unexplainableuk at mail uh, or on the Facebook group, you can find us on there. Just go on the website, weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com. You can find links to all the stuff on there. Um, yeah, I can't bother to go through all the outro stuff. You know it. Uh, you can also go on my website, sorry, it's bobshoy.com, B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. Because this podcast, I don't think I've even told you guys this, a little while ago, I decided to lump all the podcasts I work on into like one collective uh, network. So this podcast you're listening to now is now part of the Bob Shoy Podcast Network. If you go to bobshoy.com, you can see other things I work on. You can see information about the different hosts of the different shows, and it's all on there. You guys are on there. Um, I'm part of a network. So do that. Just like the mushrooms. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's the, exactly. It's just like mushrooms. We're all part of one big oh, network. Yeah. Um, so I think we're done. Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Cheers, Thanks, guys. man. It was good fun. Thanks for coming, man. Good to see um, you. Oh, one more thing. I don't know. Uh, I was thinking about this, guys. I want to ask you right on the episode. We've had so many responses from this. Uh, I'm sure we'll get loads more for this as well. But the spirituality trilogy, as I'm dubbing it, uh, the ego, this, and the heaven and hell episode, we've got so many responses for. So, listeners, if I haven't heard back from me yet, it's because I'm sort of pondering what to do with all these things. I'm wondering if you guys want to do a... Um, a responses episode to cap off this trilogy at some mm. point mm. and we can go through some of that stuff and um because there's some really interesting ideas and and i wanted to sort of put the listeners ideas out there because there's such a variety yeah. so soon probably at the end of this run we'll have the um a responses episode to like the heaven hell ego 
and uh, soul in this episode. So keep those responses coming in, everyone, including for this one. And if I get enough and there's a good variety, we'll we'll put together a, a responses episode to cap off this this run. Um, I'd be well up for that. I'll have a scan for them. Like, they're not all questions. A lot of them are just people's like. It's almost they just. You know how we were like sort of airing our ideas as we went and not really answering anything. Just okay. I thought this, and then we got a lot of just people like, "What about this?" and just using the email to like air out their ideas. Yeah, makes so sense. So it's going to be a little bit like a ghost stories episode where we like read listeners' responses, okay. but a lot of them it's not questions; it's just long ideas. And I found a lot of them are so interesting. We've got so many. I thought we can do an episode of that. Yeah, so for sure. we'll see. Um, but I, I'm trying to working out what this series is going to be because listeners, this is weekly through December, um, and you're getting it's not not any normal episodes. You sort of got five grab bag episodes. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'll just leave all that in. That felt like after show gump, but I'll leave it in there. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks, Rick, again, and uh, see you next time, everyone, for episode 150. Love you lots. Thanks, man. Bye, bye, bye. Cheers. Thanks, bye, guys. Bye, bye. Love you. See you. Bye, 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 This kid, this kid is crazy, man. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.